Hello and welcome to Tech Latest by Nikkei Asia, where we bring you the freshest updates from the technology sector in Asia. Every episode, one of our reporters from the region will be filling us in on the tech news on their radar, from semiconductors in China, to space travel in Japan, to startups in Indonesia. From Nikkei Asia's Tokyo headquarters, I'm Alice French. In this episode, I'm talking to Kenji Kawase, our chief business news correspondent based in Hong Kong, about how Russia is getting around the US's semiconductor export sanctions as the Ukraine war continues. Hi, Kenji. Thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. I've been very much looking forward to picking your brains on today's topic. Thanks for having me. Now, this week's story is about how Russia has been getting around the US's semiconductor export sanctions. One of the major moves made by Washington since Russia invaded Ukraine was, of course, the sanctioning of semiconductor exports to Russia. Now, why was that? What kind of role might semiconductors play in Russia's war effort? Well, see, semiconductors are used everywhere. It's not only in your mobile phones or, or your computers, but also in, uh, in a weaponry system. And in a lot of the weapons that uh, the Russians are using. But according to a recent Nikkei report, many US-made semiconductors have managed to make their way into Russia despite the sanctions, I understand. On what sort of scale are we talking and how did Nikkei find this out? Those American uh, semi- US-branded uh, semiconductors end up in Russia, not through, not directly by the, uh, the export from the, those US companies. A lot of them went through Hong Kong or mainland China, where, as you know, uh, China is not part of uh, the sanction against Russia. Actually, Xi Jinping made a visit to, to Moscow in the end of March, and they made all these agreements to enhance the relationship, including economic ties. And uh, the way in which uh, uh, Nikkei found out was that uh, through going through customs data by Russia, through an institution, found out that... Uh, there was a big surge in export of semiconductor through Hong Kong and China, especially. And then the numbers that we're talking about, uh, this is the data that Nikkei obtained. There are 3,292 transactions between February 24th and December 31st last year. You know, February 24th is the day when Russia invaded Ukraine and until the end of last year. And uh, about 70% of them were U.S chipmakers, semiconductors. Right. So we really are talking on, on a very big scale here. What do we know about the, the organizations or the companies that were facilitating these exports then? Since I've been living in Hong Kong for a long time, reporting in Hong Kong for a long time, it's very easy to establish companies in Hong Kong, whatever companies you like. And there's a 24-hour service by a corporate registry in Hong Kong where they allow you to register. And then there are a lot of uh, agencies lawyers who are help you establish companies. So creating a company is very easy. And therefore, these uh, companies, whoever are the ultimate owners, they are able to set up uh, a function here and then somehow uh, facilitate these trade that comes from, originate from the United States, end up somewhere in mainland China or in Hong Kong, and then somehow ship them over to, to Russia. And then, um, as you know, uh, Hong Kong is right next to a city called Shenzhen, which is a big uh, tech hub and also a manufacturing hub. And there are a lot of users of uh, semiconductors. And there are uh, a lot of uh, inventories that are held by those companies. 
And there could be a chance that uh, some of those inventories were being bought by some of these companies that were established and they were shipped over to, to Russia. Finally, I wanted to touch on what I thought was one of the most striking elements of this report, which is the sheer cost of some of these semiconductors. They're, they're pretty expensive, right? And, and what might the high cost of these tell us about Russia's intentions in Ukraine? Yes, I know. The cost uh, of some of these uh, chips that uh, are mentioned in the story is actually staggering, actually. Yeah, I'm sure that they need uh, high-tech, very uh, high-level, high-spec chips in order to use in their weaponry system because some of these weapons are very, very sophisticated. And therefore, they are really uh, trying to buy expensive chips through this route or whatever they can. I think this is the easiest route because since they're buying it, buying a lot from this uh, uh, through this channel. And as the a, as a war goes on, which is really unfortunate, and the Russians are escalating their war efforts, I think they'll need more of these expensive chips in order to support their activities. It does all sound rather ominous and is, is definitely a topic that's worth following as it unfolds. Just before we go, Kenji, I wanted to ask you if you have any other recommendations for our listeners from Nikkei Asia's website this week. Okay, yeah, there's another story that I uh, that we feature in our newsletter which is a story on uh, Alibaba's breakup into six companies. The announcement that was made two weeks ago, but people are still talking about it. And also on Jack Ma, what's happening with him. But one of the things that uh, are not so much uh, talked about in other places are the position of SoftBank. As you know, SoftBank uh, has been the largest, uh, uh, one of the largest uh, shareholders of Alibaba for a long time, but they're dressing it down. They're selling it down right now. It seems like SoftBank is a bit relieved by this breakup, which may alleviate the the risk of uh, the damage being done uh, or potential damage being done by government sanctions, which has been or government crackdown, which has been uh, imposed upon Alibaba for a long time. And uh, as you know, uh, for SoftBank, for Masayoshi Son, Alibaba is the largest or the, the best investment that he has ever made in his career. It's helping him for many, many years, even now. And so that's something that uh, I would like to, to focus on. Thanks. Yeah, the SoftBank-Alibaba relationship is, is really interesting. And I also thoroughly enjoyed that story. Okay, well, I think that's all for this week. Thank you so much for coming on, Kenji. You can read more of Kenji's reporting, along with a host of other stories about Asia's tech industry, on Nikkei Asia's website, asia.nikkei.com. And if you like what you hear, why not subscribe to our weekly Tech Asia newsletter? which will be delivered to your inbox every Thursday. While you're there, why not also subscribe to Nikkei Asia? We bring you the Asian business, politics, economy and tech stories that others miss. Check the show notes for a link to sign up. And listen again next time for more updates on the tech trends that matter. (laughs) 